0: Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the news industry from the people who did. I'm Jacqueline Gannutt. Today, I'm talking with Brady Stone, an audience journalist at the Houston Chronicle. Since graduating in 2022, Brady has worked as a weekend digital producer and will soon be moving to a weekday schedule, still with the audience team. Today, we're talking about why audience engagement in journalism is crucial for increasing accessibility and getting stories to people, and about what it's like in a newsroom as a recent J School graduate. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is produced by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash cox institute. Now here's the lead. Hi, Grady. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So my first question is kind of going back to the beginning. What first drew you to journalism?
1: So my my mom is an English teacher, a high school English teacher. I was raised in like this area where like my mom was always watching my handwriting and I always had like the best handwriting in class and I was always like I don't know it was very writing focused and my mom loved to like read me stories and things like that so I grew up a pretty strong writer and then as I got older I have just like still to this day I'm a very nosy person so it's just kind of natural as like I have all these questions, I love to write, so it became pretty natural. In high school, I actually, news writing and actually putting those skills together, but looking back now, it's just, it's always made sense.
0: Uh, I had a similar trajectory, I feel. My mom is not an English teacher, but I always loved writing and English, and journalism was like a way to get paid to write and not be an English professor, (laughs)
1: Yes, for sure. I'm not I'm not creative. So like creative writing was not in the stars for me, but this is definitely more my vibe, but just getting to the bottom of things.
0: So you've recently been promoted, but the role you've been in for the past couple of years is weekend digital producer. So can you talk about what that role entails and what your kind of day-to-day work life was like?
1: So for the last year, I was a weekend digital producer at the Houston Chronicle. It entails a lot of a lot of different hat wearing. It's pretty um, different from like a typical journalism job, especially during the weekends. So during the week, we have a team of audience producers and editors who are running our homepage and sending alerts and running our social media. And then on the weekend, those people are you know off at the beach or wherever wherever they go and. For the last year, my job has been kind of manning that ship and keeping my hand in all of those different buckets and keeping the website afloat on weekends. So it's pretty it's pretty busy just because I'm scheduling socials, writing a newsletter, writing our homepage, sending alerts. But once I got the hang of it, it, it's pretty fun, especially when something exciting happens during the weekend. If breaking news happens, I kind of like get bragging rights whenever the week rolls around because I handled it all by myself. And there's always like, if I needed it, I could like call somebody and get some help if there was a big situation. But largely, Weekend Digital Producers, it's kind of all on your shoulders to keep things afloat until people come back on Monday.
0: Did you ever feel that stress? Like you mentioned that if something big happens and you covered it well, you kind of got those bragging rights, but is it stressful kind of having everything on your shoulders?
1: Yes, it's stressful. I like to be quick, but above that, I like to be like accurate. And sometimes it's like an internal fight between the two, but on weekends, whenever you're the only one, you can't, you know, do all of these things at the same time. So it's stressful, but I think it's a lot of like internal expectations of being the first to a story before like our competitors. But yeah, it's it's stressful, but never, never like overwhelming.
0: And so what will your new role be once you're off weekends?
1: My new role will be pretty, pretty similar to what the weekend producer role is. I'll still have my hand in lots of different pots, wearing all the different hats which I really like because I, I don't know, I feel like I'd get bored if I was just doing one thing or focusing on one specific topic or job. But largely my new job will be manning our homepage in the mornings and sending alerts for our morning coverage. And then after about four hours in the morning, I'll get to work with our metro department and I'll help them plan out larger projects they have coming. If like a reporter has an interesting scoop, I'll get to kind of like see behind that and help them strategize for digital. I'll get to do a lot more making audience plans and following through with the strategy, which I'm super excited to do. It's a little it's a little less fast-paced, but I'm excited to kind of get to slow down and think things through and tackle like big topics.
0: I like that you mentioned kind of being a jack of all trades, almost like having your hands in a bunch of different stories. Because I feel like a lot of the times we hear about like beat journalists or like, you know, even if you're on a specific desk like Metro, Um, but can you talk about why the audience engagement and digital producing side of journalism is so important?
1: I don't want to like throw in a cliche quote here, but one of my first audience focused jobs I did, I was a fellow at the Texas Tribune under Bobby Blanchard. And if you research with the audience, you'll probably hear a little bit about him. Audience is like a very new, I guess, focus of newsrooms. It's always existed as long as, I mean, audience work could be, you know, going out and telling your neighbor about the newspaper. But just recently, it's kind of come into more of a focus as like newsprint dies down and digital kind of explodes. But he always said that... If you are not writing for an audience, it's hard for you to call yourself a journalist. And I've always thought of it a little bit like that. You could write the biggest, like most explosive expose of your career. But if you're not putting audience work and that strategy into it and not getting it in front of eyeballs and getting it to the people that need to read this story, then it kind of like, It just lessens the importance of that work. And good audience work can really, like, make or break a story. It can take your story from being, like, the scoop of the year to, if you don't have great audience work, then somebody could scoop your scoop and get there first. And a lot of times, it's important for people to see these stories first, whether it's elections coverage, breaking news, weather alerts. All of these are very important topics that readers need to see, people need to see. That's the general like concept. It's like people need to see this work. And without an audience journalist to be there to really help you uplift that story, it's just like there's there'd be a piece missing.
0: Yeah, I for sure agree. I think that people on the editorial side they they put in so much work on these stories and especially like long-term investigations and it really helps to have those that team pushing it out so people actually read it because you know if no one's reading it all that work is kind of going to waste a little bit
1: yes and it's good to like audience journalists can also like push back a little bit and talk to you more about like what readers positively react to they can help you make something more easily digestible like the average reader might not know what a subpoena is, so you could talk to a writer and be like, hey, I know that you're going to have to use this word a ton in your story. What if we you know, explain that word at the top really quickly? Or maybe we don't use this you know, SAT word in a headline because it's not super accessible to everyone that may read this story. So it's like getting this story in front of people and also making sure that it's accessible as possible to those people.
0: I love that quote, that accessibility and impact is so important. But you also have bylines on the Chronicle website, so I was curious if those were stories that were assigned to you, or if you kind of went on your own and pitched the stuff that interested you.
1: Largely, those are stories that I have pitched. They're mainly like trending items, so that's another part of audience journalism that I really enjoy, especially given my experience with like the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of myself feeling like a news fatigue from just reading hard news all the time. I've come to realize that just because a story doesn't have the meat and bones of investigative journalism piece or like these like hard hitting news topics doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to a reader. So trending news is just as important as breaking news is all of these other news items. So I like to write trending pieces because if it's something that people are searching for, something that people are interested in, in serving the audience, I want to make sure that they're getting the feel-good stories too, not just the news that can like depress you and make you feel bad about yourself or like the world that we live in. That's a side of audience journalism I really like to kind of like encourage other reporters to like look at different angles of topics and to kind of explore those myself too.
0: Yeah that news fatigue is so real especially as like a fellow journalist I'm always reading and it does seem sometimes like insurmountable and that's also why I love solutions journalism and things like that where it's more of a focus on like what's going right in the community and what people are doing in response to some of these issues so that's great. And so you mentioned COVID. So you graduated in 2022 um, with a degree in journalism studies during COVID. So are you one of the youngest people in your newsroom? And what is it like to navigate work um, in a newsroom as such a recent graduate?
1: It was it was a worry for me initially, like coming into to like the Houston Chronicles, like a legacy newsroom. So I knew I'd be working with older editors, people with a ton more experience than me. So I was kind of prepared to just like earn my stripes or... <laughs> kind of ready to like sit back and learn, but I was like really happily surprised that I really feel like valued and listened to. Audience is such a niche in the journalism field that it's really good to have great working relationships with your editors and other reporters and to kind of like be able to be a resource that they can trust and respect and go to. And I was super pleased to be treated so nicely. And to have like my work regarded well by people. I had heard like horror stories from some of my friends on like their first jobs and how they kind of had to do extra work to kind of prove themselves or like they had to like have one great thing that they did to kind of submit themselves as the person to go to or earn that trust in the newsroom. I didn't, I didn't really have an experience like that. And I was, I'm very pleased. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I think I'm, I'm very lucky.
0: Yeah, I definitely I also have friends that are just graduated and going into their first jobs. And I know that's a worry among young journalists is like encountering these people who've worked in the industry for years and are super, you know, well respected and you want to impress them. But, yeah, that's great that you found a place where you're respected because every, you know, regardless of year, everyone should feel comfortable at work and so you mentioned you work with like the editorial side the journalists that are writing the stories do you ever have to kind of push back on some on the things that they would prefer to write and how do you resolve those conflicts
1: a lot of the time there isn't sometimes it's just like hey I think it should be like this you think it should be like that like finding that happy medium sometimes is just doing something different than both of those things but yeah I think from an audience standpoint, whenever I like make edits to like a headline or something, a lot of the time those edits are to make a story more accessible. I might make an edit to a headline to make it more successful for like a search term and things like that. but yeah, there's there's a lot of the healthy like back and forth, but it's typically pretty pretty easily solved by you know you can pull up Google Trends and be like, "Hey, this word performs better than this word." or you could just say, "Hey, I think our audience would like it better this way. I know you disagree. So let's find somewhere to like meet in the middle.
0: Yeah, that's great that you can kind of find those compromises and ultimately do what's best for the work and getting it in front of the most people. So what are some of the things that you've learned in your classes and previous internships that have been really helpful at the Chronicle?
1: So a lot of my original experience in journalism is through reporting. Um, I started out as a reporter. I was actually a reporter and like a Newspaper designer in college, but I'd say like the most important thing I learned is everything to do with reporting. It helped me kind of understand like what's newsworthy and what's not. And that's I'd say like the biggest thing that has helped me today. Like I know what's a story and what isn't. I know like the hundreds of emails that my like, I get in my inbox every day. I know which ones to ignore and which ones to flag. That's something I'd say is super important, and I think it kind of let me know that like. That's not an area that was like super sustainable for me because I was reporting during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was really like in the thick of it and reporting stories every single day. I just doing a lot and I was just like, this is really, this is a lot. I'm getting tired. Maybe I need to like explore other avenues that I'm interested in. And that was kind of like what landed me here.
0: Yeah, I had a similar experience with that too. I did student media um, from freshman to senior year basically and that student reporting really set me up so well for other skills and like getting into investigative work and just those the basic foundation it's like sounds kind of boring it's not as flashy but I agree it's so important to know what's newsworthy and what's not
1: yes those like those college journalism days nothing to like turn your nose at that it's like that was like hard work. I think back to my like reporting days and I'm like, I was working harder than that I've like ever worked since then. And I was getting paid almost nothing.
0: And I, I totally agree. It's especially in, co- there are a lot of college towns where there's like a huge void of local media. So I know our college paper, that's what we strive to do is to actually provide news to people who live there, not just students. But yeah, I could talk for days about college media because I love it. I think it's great.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Support student journalism.
0: So, finally, what advice do you have for aspiring journalists?
1: I would say my best advice don't listen to, I mean, this sounds so cliche, don't listen to like the Debbie Downers. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of like doom and gloom about the industry. But although there are like people who have had like really bad experiences, there's just as many people who have had amazing experiences. A situation I heard a lot in college was, Oh, what are you going to do with that journalism degree? And it's like, this is what I'm doing. I'm out here doing journalism. There's there's jobs out there, I'd say talk to as many people as possible, explore like all of the different avenues of journalism. I don't know that I would have ended up in audience journalism had I not, you know, sent a couple random DMs to people on Twitter just asking to chat about the industry or like your job or anything like that, explore all of those avenues. And, yeah, I guess like reading <laughs> reading is super important. It's something that I was never like a huge fan of early in college. but only only reading other people's work is going to help you make your work better. It helps you you know know what's newsworthy. It helps you kind of like create a rolodex of of different like resources that you can have accessible to you. And I don't know, I hate to end on reading, but it's something that like my professors always told me and I was always like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that. But it's it's super helpful to like read, read your competitors work, read people in like different markets. Yeah. Reading, read reading news.
0: Yeah, it's the same same thing. It's maybe not as flashy, but definitely very important. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you again to Brady for joining me on this episode, and thank you for tuning in to The Lead. I'm your host, Jacqueline Gadun. Our executive producer is Charlotte Varnum, and this show is supported by the Cox Institute. To keep up with The Lead and hear more from media leaders, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow us on X, formerly Twitter. We're at The Lead Podcast. See you next time.